Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash g-a-m-e-f-u-l-l-y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. <laughs> it's a sphere. Hi everyone. Hello everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Thomas Ryman. And we just watched Sphere. Spear. 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 Oh, dumb. You are the human contact team that was recommended in the Goodman Report. We have a biochemist to assess the physiology of the unknown life form. We have a mathematician, because that'll probably be our common language. And we have an astrophysicist to locate its place in the cosmos. Try to relax. So you're saying that you have a fuselage from a spacecraft over a half a mile long that crashed into the ocean 300 years ago and it's completely intact? That's right. And the kicker is, something's still running inside. I hope every single one of you turned off the podcast because it's what we it's what we deserve for doing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that was our finest moment. It was a real piece of shit. I don't know why. <laughs> Man, we should be embarrassed <laughs> to oh. call ourselves professionals. It's all right, man. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. Look, we're talking sphere. Yeah. We are talking sphere. Uh, we're talking sphere. Listen. Uh big thanks to Burrito Mouth. That's our Patreon producer. Uh, who has moved on from cube shapes and is now making us watch various other shapes. Uh, this one being 1998's Barry Levinson's Sphere. Now, we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Uh, I have never forgotten that Barry Levinson directed Sphere, but I experience the same shock as if I had forgotten each time I remind myself. It is very shocking. Directed sphere. Um, Fucking Rain Man sphere. Yeah. (laughs) He took his his Rain Man star and put him in sphere. Uh, how do you, how, uh, we've both seen this I've lot. seen Sphere a lot. I was a big, a big old Crichton head in the 90s. Yeah. As, as a kid, I read all of his goddamn books. Um, and, and this s- is from the era where yeah. we were like Jurassic Park. Worked. Yeah, this is, we were adapting the, the fucking shit out of Michael Crichton. Yeah. Um, just all of his movies, just whatever. We get a, we get a shitty timeline movie two years from, uh, after this, I think. Uh, no, it's yeah. a little bit more actually. Uh, but yeah. But we got the Congo and, you know. We got Congo, just... we got uh, Rising Sun, which is actually the same year as, as Jurassic Park. Um, okay. We were uh, doing the Stephen King thing. Yeah. Um, but unlike, I mean, it just feels like there's a way lower success rate. Tom, do you want to guess how much of a failure this movie is? Um, I remember a little bit, because I remember... It came out in like January or February of 1998. I was one of 13 people excited to see it. Yeah. Because um, this is one of my favorite Michael Crichton books, is Sphere. Right. Um, but it's, uh, it was a real big piece of shit that nobody liked. So I imagine it probably lost, I don't know, $200 million. The budget was 73 to 80 million. Okay. Box That's... office was 73 million. Okay. All <laughs> right. Made- uh, so it made its money back. Uh, can you guess its Rotten Tomatoes rating? Oh, uh, probably in the twenties. 
Ooh, eleven percent. Oof. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is. We're not being hyperbolic. This is a very bad film. Okay. Well, this is this is where I want to start talking about it. Okay. Uh, because the movie is objectively a failure. Yes. It um, did, it did not succeed at what it was trying to do. Yes. It is. I think my favorite failure of a movie in that there's a lot in this movie that speaks to me. Uh, there's a lot in this movie that I actually like. I would actually say, I like this movie, Tom. I like Sphere. Uh huh. No, I know you do. This is not a surprise yeah. to me. We've watched it not. together. Yeah. I think more than once. And I guess watching it this time, I was trying to identify two things. Okay. Why do I like it? Mm-hmm. And why is it bad? Because it's bad. It's okay. bad. It's a bad movie. Well, um, obviously, you you will be a better uh, a person to answer the first question. I could maybe help with the second question. <laughs> you certainly can. Um, so um, let's talk about that. Well, okay. Uh, oh, wait. Did we? Yeah, we think Burrito Mouth. Did yeah. we think Burrito Mouth? Yeah, we talked about the shape movies. Oh, right. Burrito Mouth. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Burrito Mouth. Uh, yeah, this is actually a movie I've seen quite a few, quite a bit. Um, I suspect that maybe the reason you like this movie is because it's an, in many ways, it's an interesting failure. Uh, there's there, cause there's things that I notice right off the bat. Um, part of the problem, as I mentioned, I'm a a huge fan of, of the, of the book sphere. Part of the problem with adapting sphere into a film is that it is an extremely internal story. Yes. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of external things too, which is a bit, we'll get to that. (laughs) Um, so I, you're already kind of starting off at a disadvantage in a way to present that in an interesting way. And there's some cool stuff in this movie. Like I noticed right away in the first scene where Dustin Hoffman's being flown out to this flotilla. Uh, this Navy flotilla around this crash site in the middle of the ocean. Um, the camera work is very claustrophobic, and that's extremely intentional. The whole movie is. I'd uh, say it's a well-made movie, yeah. Sure, for sure. It's got an incredible cast. It's Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, Samuel L. Jackson, Peter Coyote, Leah Schreiber, Queen Latifah's even in there for a little bit. Yep, it's Huey a, Lewis. Huey Lewis is the fucking helicopter pilot that flies Dustin Hoffman out in the middle of the ocean. The cast is wild. And like yeah, it's Barry um, Levinson, so you're like, yeah. this should. But I mean, he also made toys. Oh wait, was yeah, that Barry I Sonnenfeld? Mean, that was Sonnenfeld. I that believe. was okay. That feel at least that feels way more Barry Sonnenfeld. But um, uh, that actually is hitting on one of the re- realizations I had of why I really like this movie. It's a specific dynamic. Mm-hmm. Is this era Dustin Hoffman and this era Samuel L. Jackson? They should have done way more movies together. I fucking love them on screen. Um, I love their when he's telling them about the bogus report. Mm-hmm. All the scenes between them, I love. I love it. I wish there's more of Samuel Jackson and Dust, Dustin Hoffman just like riffing. Uh, I don't know. There was just something very charismatic about that. Yeah, no, they're good together. It's like this yeah. is like Outbreak era uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman and like. Pulp Fiction, Dire with a Vengeance era, Sam Jackson. Yeah, they should have yeah. done more shit together. Yeah, it's fucking great. Uh, the, the dynamic cast is between really them. good. <laughs> I would have loved a cop movie with those two. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, God, it would be so good. 
You could we could we could trade one problematic actor for another and just swap him into the negotiator instead of Spacey. Yeah. Oh God, that would be so good. Remake the negotiator with those two. Uh and then Liev Shriver, Sharon Stone, they're all they're doing a great job. The actors are I, good. This is a good cast. This is a great yeah. cast. Um I think going to the problem, the problem is also why I like it, Tom, mm-hmm. is one of my favorite movies, you probably already know, is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. A movie that involves like a, 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 a monolith, a shape, a mysterious shape. And it's also uh, a very claustrophobic film that is, a, that is very internal. Yep. Internal about the unknown. The idea that an alien presence is more like this neutral presence this mysterious neutral like power Mm -hmm. uh that changes you that you don't fully understand and so i think it invokes a lot of what i like about 2001 um and kind of uses that against me to make me like it more it does wield it against you should should we go over what this movie is about probably because i don't know how many people have seen i don't think it's a this is a fucking 24 year old movie at this point i don't think a lot of people have i don't think the kids are down with sphere (laughs) i don't know that this book is flying off the shelves at the library yeah Um, it's um a a group of various scientists uh, child geniuses that have now since grown up are being flown to in, into the ocean. And it starts with Dustin Hoffman, a, a psychiatrist who... Psychologist. A psychologist. psychologist, sure. sure I mean, whatever. He, he, makes, whatever, he makes that distinction in one of the scenes. He does. <laughs> psychologist who believes he's there because of an airplane crash. They tell him, no, it's a spaceship. And he assumes NASA. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's a spaceship. And they learn that he wrote this report uh, during the the Bush administration, not not the not the war criminal he one, was, the other older was, war criminal one. He was one of many scientists who contributed to this report. Yeah, uh, and they he learns uh, it's a report on what would we do if we, uh, you know, met aliens, mm-hmm. and they're working off of this report. The reveal is that it's a bogus report, in that Dustin Hoffman phoned it in, uh, and so they're. Going by, and that that was the first thing that was very unrealistic is that the government would go off in any academic paper. Uh, well, it was about a, it was a this. report they commissioned. So yeah, that, that's it's not, just that's, funny to me where he's like, "Yeah, scientists should be the first. and then the government's like, "Yep, let's do that." It's like, no, they wouldn't. Do I mean, that. I'm not that surprised by it because it's it speaks to the bureaucratic uh, nature of the government, where it's like, right. if they had they commissioned this old report. Uh, they commissioned a report on what to do with aliens. It's over a decade old at this point, and they're like, "Well, that's what we got, so that's what we're going to use." Right. So, you know. And the yeah, and so they have to go deep underwater because that's where the ship is. It's this big ship that's crashed, and it's under uh like uh, uh hundreds of feet of coral. Um, where when they do the math, it means it was it crashed like two hundred years ago. Uh, and so um. But they, it's still like there's something on in the ship they've detected. So they all have to go down there. It's very like the Abyss or, well, 2001. They do these black screen titles. An alien, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's, yeah, there's black screen and the Abyss chapter is also, titles, yeah. Yeah, the Abyss is also very 2001, like clearly inspired by it. But um, So they go down to the bottom of the ocean. They very quickly get on the ship. It's basically the helicopter ride from Jurassic Park. Like they're they're taking this this uh, sub 
to the ship. There's an underwater habitat. They learn very quickly that the ship is actually an American ship. And they're like, how could that fucking be? Uh, it was crashed here 200 years ago. The reveal is that it, according to the logs on the ship, it went through an unknown event that clearly was a black hole. I don't know why they didn't know what that was, but whatever. Um, so well, there's a lot of back in time. There's a lot of, and, and the movie preserves this as well. There's a lot of unknowns in Sphere. Yeah. And Crichton very specifically introduces a lot of ideas in the story and never really explains them, um, which can frustrate some people. But I think it probably, since you were, you've already been talking about how much you enjoyed 2001, I think it probably appeals to someone like you. Um, it also appeals to me. Uh, like I, part of what I like about science fiction that it explores uh, alien encounters and shit like that is uh, leaning into how fucking creepy it can be. Yes, it's the creepy unknown. There's yeah. some stuff that I wish they clarified. Um, there's a, a lot of speculation, and a lot of it's um, a creepy idea that is done in a stupid way. Um, I, I'll get to that in a second. Because the dates on the log say, like, it's it's abbreviated date, and all they know is for the year it's 43. Um, and they hit this black hole. Uh, and then they find on the ship that there's this giant sphere. Uh, and it's very Michael Crichton, the way they talk about things like this, where like one of them says, I bet, I bet if you measured the sphere, it'd be perfectly, uh, spherical, I guess. Yeah. It, it's a perfect sphere. And wow, what a message that is. But they don't actually measure it, which bothered me because then they're like, wow, perfect sphere. And then they move on. And I'm like, well, someone just said that. And they, they do a little bit of that where that's just, a, that's Jackson, just efficiency for a movie, I think. <laughs> I know. Samuel Jackson then concludes, and I really like this idea. Samuel Jackson, after they encounter the sphere, is immediately like weird and haunting. Um, and he says, we're all going to die down here, you know. And Dustin Hoffman's like, why? And he's like, because that ship was from 2043. It's 50 years from now. That ship crashes. So why didn't they know about this? Because we know about it. So obviously we're going to go tell people. So that means we're going to die because we didn't tell anybody. And that really bothered me because it was like, it could be from 3043. You just have the date 43. It could be from 2143. Right. No, I think that's so supposed to bother you. Okay, yeah. There's because a lot they of they just start making a lot of assumptions. Yeah, and so, um, I would have liked that better if we knew the exact date, so that Samuel Jackson, because they keep going by that rule where they're like, we're not supposed to know about it. That goes throughout the end. So I ask, honestly, just don't abbreviate the date. Like, tell me it's 2043 then, because the whole movie assumes that that's what 43 is, and it's like, no, they could have known about it, and then this is like so far in the future that we forgot. Yeah. No, that's um, fair. That's fair. Um, I think and the book plays around with it a little bit more than the movie does. But there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of like it becomes unclear. Maybe it wasn't because the idea <laughs> we're still haven't really explained what it is. The sphere gives you powers. It gives you the ability to manifest your thoughts, which um, we don't know right away, which um, we don't know right away. So it's like, just this mysterious sphere. They start encountering things like sea monsters, like a giant squid um, which <laughs> that they we never fucking, fucking see. That's my favorite part, though. It's so I'm. That was I really love that the squid. Ne you never see it. It's terrifying. You should have seen some of it. I think mm. you never really see it in the in the story either. You uh, there's a scene where um, 
Liev Schreiber's character dies a little bit different in the story. Uh, the uh, a tentacle comes in and grabs him and smashes him against the bulkhead and he dies. Oh, interesting. Um, but that's all we ever really see of the squid. Yeah, um, I, so I I liked that the squid was just a blip on the radar and it was more terrifying. It's the Jaws rule. Yeah, like not seeing it made it scarier to me throughout. Yeah, if, um, I, I still I don't think they did enough with that uh, to justify not showing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. It ultimately Um, was, I remember seeing it, and every time I watch it now, ultimately it's disappointing because on on principle or the general idea, I agree with you. Yeah, it is scarier to create the presence of the squid than it is to have like some big CGI monster or something, which is what it would have been in 1998. Well, that's, yeah. And thematically, it works better for like this creepiness, like all the shots are very claustrophobic. It's, on paper, that is the correct idea, but I don't think it's executed well enough to justify well, it. So you just kind of have a bunch of people in the audience with blue balls who wanted to see well, a squid. Was, <laughs> that's the thing. No, I think you nailed it. Um, not necessarily for the squid. The overall problem with the movie is the quote, ultimately, it's disappointing. Because here's the thing. Like you said, it's very internal. So the reveal is that they're all manifesting it. Mm-hmm. There is no alien. That's the whole thing. They're working up to, oh, we're going to. Well, find this alien the, well, pa- uh, yeah. the power itself we we never know the what sphere the sphere is, is the sphere is alien yeah no what i'm saying is that there's no um there's no literal alien it's an american ship it's mm-hmm. um but maybe it and isn't so, and that's an that's an idea that gets introduced in the story it's because they can they can change oh, okay. re- they can change reality around them so, uh, right. so like and they as the story progresses and the, the in the in the film as the film progresses we realize that like Sam Jackson's the first person to enter the sphere and he gets the power, but we don't really know that that's what it means at that point. We just know that he was able to enter the sphere and then he's acting all weird afterwards. Uh, But then we find out that Sharon Stone and Dustin Hoffman have both also entered the sphere and Dustin Hoffman just doesn't remember it. Yeah, I love the realization where they're all like, ah, damn, we were, we all went in the sphere. Yeah, they all did. So like they're seeing as they're exploring the spaceship, in the story they're seeing different versions of the spaceship so the 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 story does a lot more to play with the idea of just continually throwing unknown variables into it. it's like well maybe it isn't really an american ship so it, there's a lot of the whole idea of sphere is, is just these piles of mysterious unanswered questions and, right and the ultimate decision is that perhaps it's better not to know Yes, at the end they just choose to forget because they're like, we're not ready for this. I love that idea where they're like, what if it falls into the wrong hands? Dustin Hoffman's like, we're the wrong hands. We are the wrong hands. We're three of the smartest people on this planet and we we ruined ourselves with this power. Yeah. Uh, We used it to manifest every fucking terrible idea. And like when the the squid shows up and it kills Liev and Peter Coyote, isn't that the scene where Sam Jackson's asleep? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's the idea. It's like, we can be as vigilant as we want, but the second we fall asleep and start dreaming. Right. <laughs> <it's>, uh... <laughs> and that's, that, the movie does this thing where they make you think Samuel Jackson is making it all happen. Meanwhile, there's an alien named Jerry that's uh, communicating with them. And it's very creepy because the alien seems very childlike yeah. and, and, and simplistic. And then the reveal is, oh, no, it's Harry, not Jerry. Harry is Samuel Jackson's character. Um, and so it pins it all on, oh, Samuel Jackson's doing this with his mind. And then the realization is, oh, no, 
We all are. We are all um, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And because Samuel Jackson is the only one who's explicitly like, yes, he went into the sphere um, at the very beginning. Uh, and this is where this is where I think why the movie lost people. I was going to say to um, pause real quick. Everything we're saying sounds good. It sounds like a good movie. <laughs> yes. Well, here's the thing. They keep saying what's inside the sphere. I want to look inside the sphere. I got to get inside that sphere. Um, and and so. I want to remind people something that 2001 a space odyssey flopped. That's also a flop. The difference is that 2001 was first of its kind. Um, it's a beautiful film. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it had a reason to become a classic. This is less, has less of the visual and directing aspects. I mean, it's well done, but you know what I mean? Where it's, it's of its time of the nineties. Yeah. And it doesn't transcend that. And but both movies I think flopped because two thousand one blue balls the audience too. Um, it's so abstract, and it's they they keep doing this question like, what is this monolith? We got to go find this monolith. We're going to Jupiter to 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 find this other monolith. We're going to get answers, and then the answer is like it's kind of abstract and intangible. That's the problem. Ultimately, is that there's a part where finally Samuel Jackson just casually says like there's nothing in the sphere you know that to like sharon stone and that's the thing is you compare it to a film like i don't know the abyss um a movie that's good but it again it's not it's not like this artistic powerhouse you know Mm -hmm. um or um (laughs) mission to mars with gary sinise (laughs) those are movies that knew that they couldn't yeah but those those movies knew one thing about themselves they couldn't get away with what 2001 did they had to at the end satisfy those blue balls they had the the movie had to come yeah it had to come it had to have release you can't just edge the entire time and so they show just they're like here's the aliens here's the big mysterious aliens here's what they look like here's what they want it's very well. I, I literal. like the additional wrinkle in Abyss. I, I like I like how the Abyss handles it, where it, it shows you the aliens, but there's still a level of mystery where we don't. Yeah, we see them, we still don't really understand them. No, like. but uh, I guess this might have been in the extended version. They like really. They just like do a PowerPoint presentation. That's in about, the extended version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't, they like, don't do don't... that in the theatrical version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're, they're just like, here's what our deal is. Here's what we want. Here's what we're worried about. We we saw that you have nukes. That worries us. Um, so like that's what Sphere doesn't do, which I think is better. Um, I think that's actually a cooler way to show aliens. Yeah. Because aliens, this introduces that idea, and I know I'm, or I assume Crichton got really into it in the book. Is that aliens and us? If we were to communicate with aliens, it wouldn't be like close encounters it would be like a weird dream that's it would there would be this this like separation between us that we just simply couldn't get past yes Uh, and that's the that was the entire premise that Crichton began with when he started this story like I mentioned at the top of the podcast is one of my favorite books so I've read a lot about it in addition to having read it uh and I've read a couple of interviews with with him about it or just things he wrote about it and the the premise he started with is what if we found aliens but it was like a disappointment like what if it was kind of shitty <laughs> like, <laughs> it just it was like so not what we expect uh but and, that because is... because 
that is what it would be. Well, yeah, I was. So, so this sphere um, is the equivalent of like, say you are an alien on Mars and you run into the rover. It's that. It's our first encounter with aliens would be like not an alien, but probably something a drone sent mm-hmm. to to look. And there's this it's, idea that it's the caveman finding the monolith. Exactly. Right. And it's, yeah. the monolith is the the perfect thing for that, too, because it's 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 looks like something we're sort of familiar with, but it seems to have something in intelligence behind it that we can't quite understand and a power that feels like magic, which is how uh, in Star Trek. They often play that game where they, they're the like, Isaac- oh, to you, this seems like magic. But it's to the, us, yeah. it's just technology. It's the Isaac Asimov. That's Asimov, right? The, any yeah. sufficiently advanced technology seems like magic. Yeah, and so they do a good job in this and 2001, mostly 2001, uh, at showing that. And they never really say it, and I appreciate that, which is that this sphere is disruptive, it's confusing, it's 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 surreal and it seems also just like an empty sphere and so it's like they can't understand it uh it's it's the idea of uh we're talking about all these ideas like there's a lot of good ideas in sphere Uh, but it's like the idea is it's also that it's the like you you mentioned it's this neutral force so it not not only is it all these things that we're talking about like it's alien so it it's vaguely familiar but but not we don't understand it we, we can't intuit its purpose it's it's also neutral it's like new technologies like technology is you you always hear like tech bros argue technology is neutral it just is what you do with it um so it's like the sphere has all of those things like it's disruptive it's scary but it's just what these people are bringing to the table does that make sense right yeah yes um and ultimately it's by design anticlimactic Yes. And that's the problem. That's part of the problem. Yeah. I bet audiences would have been way more satisfied mm. if a dumb alien crawled out of the sphere. But that would have been dumb. That would have been, um, yeah, that would have, we would not be doing this podcast right now, probably. If an alien yeah. Crawled out. It's because that would be, I don't know. It's it's the reason why I've rewatched this movie and not Mission to Mars, which is is very similar, but ultimately a, a much worse film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also directed by it's, it's Brian De Palma, right? So it's also it's Palma. a director where you're like, really? Yeah, very um, well made, bad film. Yeah. So I think this movie's problem is that all of its ideas and its concepts are really good, and its themes are really good because it's just all of that stuff is just taken directly from the book. And Crichton was a lot yeah. of things, but he was a very good science fiction writer. Um, so all of these ideas are there. It's just. When you execute a story, even when you have a great cast that has good chemistry with each other, um, it's boring. This is a well, yes. this is a dull movie, and that's it's, that's it's ultimately its biggest problem. I think why it the, doesn't work is that it's dull. I would say there's that. There's the overall gloss of it being dull, but also, and I again, the cast is great. I do think they needed like a Malcolm. They don't have a Malcolm. They don't have Harry's kind of supposed to be their Malcolm, yeah, but he's the problem. Yeah. The problem is they all kind of are bitter and they're all kind of angry at each other. Yeah, that's they, the point. They, yes, but it, it creates a situation like honestly, the army guy, um, uh, Peter the guy, Coyote, Peter Coyote, that should have been a very charismatic guy, like because he's the one person who has no 
like emotional stakes mm-hmm. in that circle. Like they just they needed a little more levity. But also I noticed is that the moment to moment stuff, the the beat by beat points, some of them are very dumb. Yeah. Um again, I, I, I was bothered by the two thousand forty three thing or just the forty three thing. But there's stuff like the part where they're getting attacked by the giant squid and they have to electrocute the habitat. Um and they're like it's gonna send this electric shock but it's going to start a fire and the thing is like they're clearly about to get crushed by the squid so dustin hoffman goes to do the thing and for like no reason sharon stone is like don't do it don't do it you can't and it's like surely you know that giant squid is worse than fire right like stuff like that where there was like little little moments of conflict little dumb things the fact that they have to reset the sub every 12 hours stuff like that where it's like that's dumb like what if one of them's really injured and can't get to the sub in time like it's an they add they inject little moments of conflict that are kind of dumb yeah in my opinion that 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 that's one of the big problems is that like some of the characters like for example there's this the scene where samuel jackson's clearly like after he goes in the sphere He's clearly like haunted and weird and like sleeping all the time and is emotionally detached. And Dustin Hoffman like goes to Sharon Stone and is like, you know, he's fucked up. We can't trust him. We can't deal with him. Um, And then like they try, they try to give it motivation, but it still doesn't work. Sharon Stone, he goes to reset the sub, which again, I think is also dumb. He gets confused. Um, and Samuel Jackson, he, he had Sharon Stone watch him on the, the TVs, and now it's Samuel Jackson doing it instead. And he comes in, he's like, what the fuck happened? And Sharon Stone is like, well, he told me he'd take over. And like, Dustin Hoffman just doesn't believe her and like starts being like, starts siding with Samuel Jackson and is like, why would he do that? Why would he do any of what you're saying? Why would he lie to Sharon Stone? It's like, you just finished saying there's something wrong with him. Yeah. Like it, it's stuff like that where it's like his the alliances like shift for no reason to create conflict. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of that stuff. A lot of little like oh yeah why why can they even go outside randomly like the, he's a psychologist like he doesn't know how to dive they took eight hours of training. Um. It's weird that they just keep casually leaving. Yeah. Like it's it's there's a lot of stupid shit that I think um, the 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 the. Yeah, the the moment the scene to scene conflicts are it's yeah, it's they they're not believable. Like they force a lot. Like I they they get real hostile towards Peter Coyote, which is like partially yeah. understandable, but it's also like he's not he's not steering the squid, guys. <laughs> like right. you, He is also in this habitat with you. Yeah. Um, um y- you're right and i'm sure yeah. the book probably exp- had more time to explain that stuff but it just it's it feels very rushed and it feels like it doesn't feel authentic pe- it feels yeah for- it feels the, a lot of the interpersonal conflicts feel forced which is uh bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> for a movie it, like this it, it, it's it's you get a group of people together who don't seem to like each other that much um, yes, and there's then you a lot make of them... uh, there's there's competition because they're all relatively young uh, scientists. There's a lot of past gripes because um, I think uh, they used to be married, right? They at least used to date. There's, 
Yeah, yeah. There's this uh, whole thing where he was her therapist and right, it was very yeah, inappropriate. Yes. So like, no one, no one is good. No one, no one's coming from a good place. Well, they have they have beef. Every, yeah. Everybody and has the, beef. I, and I get why they do that because then the sphere manifests this stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't as much in paranoia, and that's the problem. Is that it's just like giant squid and and snakes so like when they start turning on each other it doesn't feel motivated mm-hmm. except for you know being suspicious of samuel l because he's being weird um they, uh, it just doesn't feel quite motivated enough they don't handle the reveal that they've all been in the sphere well enough yeah because and then it, you, you start with the tension obviously coming from harry like you're saying it's like well he's the he's the one that went in the sphere clearly he's in control and then the realization's like oh we've all been it i can't trust any of you like they don't handle yeah. that very well and it's they force these like i get the intention of it is is related to what he says at the end where it's like we are the wrong hands we're the smartest people on the planet we still almost killed each other and so it's showing that even like the quote-unquote smartest people on the planet still have the same petty stupid bullshit that they get mad at each other for so it's right. like they're not any safer um but it's just it's but just it, not handled very well. No, <laughs> it, and it, yeah, they the conflict the best version is when Sharon Stone just turns on the bombs. She goes outside and like arms the bombs that are there. Yeah, uh, and I'm still not sure why she did that. Um, and then later the bombs arm because she mentally makes it happen, which to me feels like can't you mentally unmake it? But whatever, I guess they they don't have that kind of control. But it's like then they have this ticking clock, and it's like it feels like. One of your characters just went outside and did that for no reason, <laughs> just to have the ticking clock. Yeah. Um, and then you, you top that off with the fact that you have this more like uh, surreal idea of like, you know, no aliens, there's nothing in the sphere. It just did this to us. Uh, we choose to forget. And then the sphere blasts off into space and it's like, okay, <laughs> a, so this was all for nothing? It's a very silly image. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, this is all for nothing, I guess. Like, it was a bunch of people came down, yelled at each other, and then blew up the thing and left. Let me tell you, um, how, let me tell you how the book ends, because it's way better. Okay. <laughs> There's none of that, obviously. It's, it's, it's yeah. just, it's, the, it's the, the, the last scene is the conversation between the three of them agreeing to forget about the sphere. So we don't see a dramatic sphere blasting off. As far as we know, <laughs> the, the sphere is still at the bottom of the ocean in that ship. Right. Um, but it is heavily implied that Sharon Stone's character did not forget. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I wondered that too. I was like, I bet one of them didn't forget that in the story. Yeah. It's a little more sinister yeah. in the story, which yeah. I appreciated. Yeah. I get that. It, it's like, what? it's like, no, I'm going to be a superhero. God damn it. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of why, why, why would I ever give this power up? Yeah. Yeah probably less superhero more like a stephen king character but well, yes. it, pl- it plays into like she she constantly and it's it's more in the more in the book but like they do preserve in the movie their relationship her relationship with uh dustin hoffman began in an inappropriate place that was dustin hoffman abusing an authority position abusing an, a power position right uh, so a lot of her character is like her conflict is built around the idea of how she's trying she's a woman in stem so already it's like i can't get any anyone to take me seriously right. and then she constantly feels overlooked pushed aside not taken seriously so when she gets the sphere of power it's like all that coming out yeah yeah that checks out yeah um yeah that sounds like a better ending they yeah. don't blow up they don't blow it up they just uh no, do I, they just leave i don't rem 
the station the the habitat is destroyed but uh i don't think i think the sphere is still down there buried in oh, okay it definitely doesn't take off back to the heavens like it does yeah, and yeah, then, like yeah. like it's just like i'm out of here i got my data i'm gonna go tell the aliens you guys are fucked up yeah <laughs> gonna, don't, gonna, don't come here i'm gonna go tell the vulcans to skip this planet yeah <laughs> um yeah so it is again it's a bad movie uh I, I, I feel like the, after this watch, I've really like g- gained a healthy relationship with this movie. Okay. Um, where I'm like, I know why I like it. Yeah. Um, or rather, I know why it speaks to me. I like the mysterious, you never see the squid. I like the mysterious, you never see aliens. I like that it's this intangible idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, you get all that shit together, and then you have a movie that just, you know, has fundamental issues with it of course it's gonna piss everybody off it's boring and um, it's boring and anticlimactic right and like and you can argue that it's anticlimactic by design but it doesn't have to be boring right <laughs> like, starting from the concept what if we met aliens and it wasn't that great yeah, right like that's <laughs> nobody wants that story unless you really work at it you gotta be really good at it <laughs> yeah yeah there's and there's definitely that feeling of it, it it's it's i got this time around i got reflections of them being like we're trying to make this jurassic park like them them seeing the ship for the first time they you they're the music swells and it's like ah oh, yeah it's jurassic park and it's like yeah but it isn't and i think part of that is um visually it's hard to make an iconic visual movie that's in like the crushing depths of the ocean and you can't ever see anything that well. Um, it looks realistic. The abyss. It, it, well, I would say even, yeah, the abyss, the abyss does it. Yeah. Um, but I even mean, the abyss, I think is what, more of something. But at what cost? I also think the general, general public, do, you know, no one cares about Nobody the abyss. Nobody cares about the abyss. I know it's, film nerd. it's, it's sad, but yeah. it's true because, because it's still like, it's mostly just darkness. It's yeah. it's right there in the name. Um, whereas Jurassic Park, it's just easier to digest. It's dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, and this it has that same issue where it's like I don't re- I I don't really know what the ship ever looked like by design. Yeah. Um, and I like that. Uh, but as a movie that they're trying to if like they're clearly made this being like we're gonna make the next Jurassic Park. We're gonna make another big blockbuster and it's like this is kind of like a very specific genre film yeah uh this is this is not a movie that you spend a huge budget on uh and that's i think part of the issue yeah uh because they just thought oh yeah michael crichton that's blockbuster material yeah it's michael like, is it though we'll assemble all the right people yeah we'll get michael crichton we'll get a great cast we'll get it we'll get an accomplished acclaimed director it's like everything's gonna fall into place it's like well no it won't <laughs> Yeah, you have to actually we, do the work to make it fit together, right? And we hadn't realized yet that like Crichton kind of had only the one blockbuster idea. All the others they don't really make for blockbusters. That isn't to say they're bad. It's just that Jurassic Park was like, yeah. First of all, you hand that to Spielberg. Yeah, that, that that's the first thing that makes that uh you know uh work really well. Um, and and uh, second, it's fucking dinosaurs. Nothing else really does that. Um, yeah. 
for Michael Crichton. No, no. His his stuff is all like the Terminal Man is this weird Frankenstein story. The Andromeda strain is about a virus timeline, yeah. I guess. But like that's... Westworld technically, because yeah. they made a show out of it. Yeah. But even that, it's like, yeah, they had to like change things. Like his version of Westworld, we all know what happened there. Mm. Uh that didn't go well. Uh yeah, just I'm looking at the stuff that he has credits for like fucking runaway it's just like yeah michael Crichton, man he jurassic park and twister are like his in terms of a writer his most accessible things yeah the rest of it's kind of dense uh and and congo congo's a pretty straightforward adventure story he's clearly just riffing on king solomon's minds but everything else and as as much as we love congo uh that wasn't a successful film It's it's quite it's a quite dumb film. It is an unforgettable film that I have watched probably a yeah. hundred times. Yes, but not because it like you know, you know we all know why we watch. Congo. I watch Congo because I love Congo. <laughs> I understand that it's not a good movie. Yeah, I love seeing fucking Laura Linney uh, lays um, uh, killer monkeys in half. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. While saying like an it, Arnold Schwarzenegger line. <laughs> yeah. It's a very special movie. Yeah. It's a unique, one-of-a-kind film. But like, you know, <laughs> we all again, we all know what Congo is. Uh, it, it, it's not a... It, it, yeah. It's not... Uh, traditionally, I wouldn't call it a good movie. Also, direct, uh, I think it's directed by Frank Marshall, so it's like another it sure is. <laughs> like surprising-ass director. <laughs> again, because I, I remember watching Bruce Campbell speak, um, and he talked about Congo because he's in it. And he was talking about why be in Congo, why bet on Congo? And he's like, it's a Frank Marshall film based off a of Michael Crichton novel with Tim Curry and Laura Linney and Ernie Hudson and all these people like, no, of course they thought. Like, oh, this is a, this is yeah, gonna that, kill it. Yeah, of course. It's an obvious pick. Yeah, because again, they hadn't realized Michael Crichton, he's, it, it's, Jurassic Park was a fluke. It's a fluke, which isn't to say he's bad. It's just that it was a fluke. Uh, that's not, that it's not, he's not the, the special ingredient. And also, I want to um, say Congo was a big hit. Really? Yes. That's hilarious. It's not, I a, remember it's not, seeing it. it's not a, it's successful as a film, but I mean, it, it, uh, I'm looking at the numbers right now. It it grossed 152 million uh, oh, and, yeah. on a budget of 50 million. Oh yeah, we love Congo. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Sphere. We're talking about Sphere. Yeah, we're talking about Sphere. I. I yeah. I. Yeah, Congo is one where it's like I understand why everybody loves Congo. Um, Sphere. I get why everybody hates Sphere, but I still enjoy it. Uh, it's. Everything we just said, dreadfully boring, filled with bizarre conflicts, um, unsatisfying in the end, and dark. It's just dark. Yeah. Visually dark yep. and gloomy. Um, and I, uh, I don't know. I really like Sphere. It's mean. It's like a mean-spirited yeah. film. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's kind of a shit. Yeah. We haven't talked about Leif Shriver, which I love. I love me some Leif Shriver. It feels weird that he's in this. This is um, it's it's Schreiber, by the way. It's a B. Schreiber. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's this is I, I love mid to late 90s Leif Shriver because he was, you know, he's cotton weary and scream. He's one of the right. random henchmen and ransom. Uh, That's what I he's mean. He's just is popping it's like, up it, and shit. Right. It feels like he's not famous enough. 
no no him. he was he's like kind of the x factor here like peter coyote is famous but he wasn't like a he was never like a huge star the reason he's in this movie is because he played keys in et um right and also he's he's sort of a secondary character yeah he's not so a main character it. yeah Liev, it's like he's he's the he's again he's like supposed to be like the malcolm uh, he's one of the well harry i think he's is more one than of malcolm the, but like yeah but he's one of the primary characters he yes. needs to have charisma so he must have auditioned really well well he's uh, leah shriver yeah of course he did but like yeah, yeah no it he is, is good it is funny like, that not, you have these three and then 1998 leah shriver it's like man he's, yeah <laughs> he's the odd man out here for sure it's weird um fucking ray donovan hanging out with hell them. yeah yeah but again, bless his heart. I mean, I like him. Yeah. He's good. He's he's a good actor, so it works. Yeah, like, um, again, the cast of this movie is great. Yeah, it's killer. <laughs> it's an awesome Queen Latifah cast. doing yeah, great. Queen Latifah. Wasn't there, I heard like a rumor that she was supposed to do a song with Huey Lewis? Yes. Um. Yeah, that is hilarious. I, th- um, I believe that that's why. That they would ever I... consider like a sphere-themed song. It's the 90s, man. It's part <laughs> but, of the... But, it was just for a movie like like imagine Jurassic Park ending with a Jurassic Park rap. You I know? mean, like, it's like if if not they the time. if they thought I don't know I think it's I don't know it it used to be it's, part of the it used to be part of the marketing checklist that movies would do. It's like we need to have oh, yeah. for like mid budget movies especially they were like we got to have a music video on rotate heavy rotation oh, to get the kids I out get to see it. it. Yeah. It's just the least appropriate. Movie right. It's such a bad, it's such clearly a bad instinct, but I, I understand why they would make this plan in the mid nineties. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't go through with it is like, okay, yeah, you figured yeah, they, it out. They also realized it was a bad idea. Yeah. This isn't deep blue sea for fuck's sake. No. Uh, yeah. This doesn't end with a Huey Lewis, Queen Latifah song. That said, I would give almost anything to hear that, that song. That would be the first thing I manifested after I exited yeah. the sphere, would be this song. <laughs> yes, about sphere. Yeah. Oh my God. Have Huey Lewis and Queen Latifah do a duet about sphere. <laughs> oh my God, I want it so bad. Yes! I want it right now. Yes! Oh, it's unfair that we don't get it. It really is. It's, it's a shame. Yeah. It's a goddamn shame. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. I, and that's all I have to say about Sphere. Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Well, Burrito Mouth, thank you so much. Uh, many, many uh, uh, loves your way for letting me watch Sphere for the hundredth time and talk about it. Uh, good, good, good stuff. Great time. Uh, this was through our Patreon, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. If you go on there, you can find exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Motors Maniac, Star Trek The Next, next Future Rama. Those are all for $5 a month. You get every single one of those, all the podcasts. Um, there's other tiers there, too. So just go check it out. You know, to, to fucking, fucking look around. Yeah, we have a $10 tier where we watch movies with our patrons every Friday. Yeah, yeah. I think we tried to watch Sphere, did we? We have watched Feels Sphere. Like We've watched we Sphere before, yeah. We watched I The Untouchables last because. Night. Because it's fucking, again, it's boring movie, so we did watch The Untouchables last night. Uh, we also have a store. Uh, head on over to GameflyUnemployed.com where you'll find a link to our Teespring store where you can get t-shirts, stickers, uh, posters, mugs, all kinds of things. Check that out. Mmm. You'll love it. Yeah. Like you love Sphere. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same level of, of passion and intensity that you love Sphere. 
That's my manifestation. I would make everybody love Sphere. That would be uh, the world would it, be I'd, slightly better. Yeah, the Universal would have this Sphere ride where it's it's just like a dark ride, um, but like there's nothing in it, and then you just leave, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, that was pointless. It would be like um, it would be like Space Mountain if there were no starlights, and it just went in a straight line, and then you just yeah. ex- it got out. And it's so just sh- blasting um, Dustin Hoffman screaming that there's snakes on him in your ear. Total blackness. Uh, it's not moving yeah. particularly fast. No. <laughs> it's just, just Dustin Hoffman screaming. Yep. Then you uh, get off the ride, and that's Sphere. That, you have experienced that's... Sphere. <laughs> Exfe- experience. Experience. That's right. The Sphere uh. experience. Oh, God, oh, God damn it. I want Sphere powers. <laughs> yes. Obviously, yeah. obviously, I do only good. Yeah, <laughs> I think that I I got I would exit the sphere and the entire universe would have about ten seconds left. <laughs> I think I, w- would, I would I would they f- would be I would fuck a that weird up. ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would fuck that up immediately <laughs> and with gusto. <laughs> 